Welcome to the Holistic Wealth and Health Podcast. Your co-hosts, Jason Smith and Brian Bibbo, will inspire and teach you how to prosper in your mind, body, and spirit, not just your financial life. Joining forces with field experts, Jason and Brian are here to help you focus on what matters most in your life, living well. Let's get started. Light the grill, hang the pinata, and pop open the wine. We are celebrating National Financial Awareness Day. Welcome to the Holistic Wealth and Health Podcast with your host, Brian Bibbo of the JL Smith Group. I'm Patrice Sikora. National Financial Awareness Day is actually marked on August 14th, but it should be something that we celebrate every day. Brian, when it comes to finances, we Americans are a pretty sorry lot. But before we get to those disturbing numbers, Tell us a little bit more about the day. What do you know about it? Yeah, so the, the holiday of National Financial Awareness Day, and I call it a holiday because people probably don't recognize it as that, and it probably should be for us Americans so we can learn more about it, but it's really unknown how it came about. But what it is instilling upon us is to have good financial practices now into the future that will bring you through retirement. What does that mean? Well, could it be budgeting your household income, investing for the future, savings in the savings account so we have a rainy day fund? Well, it actually includes all of the above there. Really, the day is purposeful to help Americans make the right financial decisions for every time in their life and going forward. Well, we Americans, as I said in the opening, we are not very good at that, are we? (laughs) Some of the statistics that we've got here are really a little disturbing. Let's start out with the savings. Yeah. So if we look at at the savings, the average American has 58% of the Americans have less than $1,000 saved. Think about that. What would that cover less than $1,000 if a water heater breaks down, if we need a, a car repair, right? And those things right there usually cost between $500 to mm-hmm. $1,000. So those things are wiping people out. What we recommend is having three to six to months of living expenses saved up. So when we think about that, if my budget a month is three grand with my mortgage, the groceries for the kids, everything all in, I should have somewhere between $9,000 to $18,000 saved. But I know what a lot of people are saying, Patrice. They're saying, well, Brian, how do I get that money? Maybe I'm living the paycheck to paycheck which is another percentage here. We have 50% of Americans living paycheck to paycheck. We totally understand. And it gets to the point of maybe that's where we need a secondary job or we need to continue our education in the sense of, hey, I'm currently working at this position. How can I gain access to the next level up? Having a game plan in place and having goals is going to be a big one here. When you start to set goals for yourself, write them down. That's a big one. Write them down and look at it every day. One thing I've learned along the way is I have goals on my mirror at home, and I look at those every day and I recite them to myself. If you look at the philosophies and the studies of continuing to say these things to yourself and seeing them every day, things tend to come true. So you want to set goals for yourself, and maybe it's saving an extra 100 bucks a month. How can mm-hmm. I save an extra 100 bucks a month so I can build up that savings account? And just forget about that 100 bucks a month. Have it go from the paycheck to a different bank account. That's one thing I recommend to a lot of people is create a new bank account. Go to your employer and have some of that direct deposit that you have going in 
going directly to a different bank account. And when we're living paycheck to paycheck, I understand. There's no doubt about it. But right now, there's a lot of people looking for jobs. Well, I should say a lot of employers looking to hire people for jobs. Right. And you can see sign-up bonuses everywhere. If you're thinking about making a change, now might be an ample opportunity where you can make more money by switching roles. Now, that might not be for everyone, but please do your research. There could be a lot of things here that we're doing. Now, one thing is I'll share a story for myself. Coming out of college, I was actually graduating in the recession of 2008. So I'm coming out of college in 2008, and I'm looking to take on any job. First job I got was actually here at the JL Smith Group, and I'll share this with all the listeners. I was making $25,000. That's where I started off at, and I was willing to accept that job, an annual salary of $25,000. Now, was that enough to survive off of? Well, I was living in my apartment, which was $800 a month. You do some simple math there, just spent a good amount of that (laughs) $25,000 annually. But long story short, what I was able to do is I was selling things on eBay. I would go to garage sales and estate sales on the weekends and buying these things for $1, $5, and $10 and being able to resell them for a profit. So I was able to make a somewhere between an extra eight to $12,000 net profit annually by doing these things. So it's thinking out of the box, what can you do in addition to what you're doing now? Look at you, entrepreneur plus. That's outstanding. (laughs) One of the things that comes to mind, too, when you're talking about watching your money, putting it in special places, if you put it in that extra savings account, if you don't see it in your paycheck, you don't miss it. It's over there. But that also brings up the horrible word of budget. What about a budget? Yeah, Therese, great lead in the statistics show us 32% of U.S. families maintain a household budget. So what is that really telling us? 68% of people in America don't have a budget they follow on a monthly basis. Let's think about that. We just shared some other statistics with us. And as we think those other ones through is, do you think budgeting has an issue? Absolutely does. I mean, here's the foundation of it. If you don't know what your expenses are going out every month or you Mm -hmm. can't plan for these expenses, you're going to end up living paycheck to paycheck. You're not going to have $1,000 or more saved. And the reason being is if you're not following these good money habits of like, hey, what am I spending on a monthly basis? Well, then you're going to have problems along the way. So one major thing is have a budget, have an understanding of what you spend, put that down on paper and look at it. And then every month continue to follow that. One thing I do for myself and a lot of successful financial clients that I work with do, they either use Intuit or they use QuickBooks where they're budgeting and they're also bringing in all their expenses directly from their bank account. So you can tie your bank account to this bookkeeping software and it will show you in the different categories of what you're spending or where. So if all of a sudden on leisure and entertainment, you're way above budget, you know where you need to cut back on costs. Everyone wants to enjoy life. I totally understand the money and life balance where Mm -hmm. these things co and interact. But at the end of the day, it's like, hey, if I'm spending too much in one category, I know where I need to cut down. It gives you those aha moments. And once you actually see numbers, that's the big thing is when once we visualize numbers as human beings, we tend to go, wow, I didn't realize I was spending that much there. That adds up. I need to be more cognizant of my spending habits. Budgets are crucial. People don't like to do them. 
I call them cash flow analysis because it makes it a lot easier to stomach for the most of us, but really it comes down to a budget. Having that is so crucial while you're working, while you're saving, and especially in retirement. A lot of us walk into fixed incomes into retirement. So you want to make sure walking to retirement, having some sort of budgetary measure in place, knowing what you're going to spend because inflation is another factor here. If yeah. inflation is 2.5% a year, we're going to run into where we have inflation, cost of goods last year, cost of goods next year. Well, the biggest one we've seen is groceries lately. I mean, that is seen. We hit the grocery store, Patrice, and all of a sudden it's like, I feel like it went up 50%. Maybe it's because my kids are growing, yep. but still, it feels like it has gone up a great amount. It's true. You say, the same amount of stuff is in the basket, but by the time you're checking out, it's, what did I buy? What, what, what happened here? And you were mentioning, I love the idea of tying your bank account to some kind of online budget tool, because in that bank account, you've got your credit card statement and they break things down. A lot of people use their credit cards now for everything and they don't see the money go until the bill comes in. No doubt about it. And one thing I want to share with everyone is realize where you're shopping at too. I have a lot of people that believe, hey, I should be shopping of a Heinen's of the world or a higher end grocery store or maybe even a giant eagle, I'll share with you my personal belief is, for all those of you familiar with you out there is, I actually shop at Aldi's. Right. It's a okay. lower cost alternative. And you wouldn't believe, I mean, my wife, I and the kids walked in there a week or two ago, and we got out of there for 85 bucks. And we had probably a, close to a shopping cart full of stuff. You can't beat those prices. So at the end of the day, it's like, where could I be saving? What are my financial habits showing me? Now, you can't get everything at Aldi's, but if you get a lot of your staples there, and then you go to a one-off like a high means mm-hmm. to maybe get a seafood once a month, something like that, totally understandable. But realize where you're shopping and where you're spending money. Big one is Amazon. I see too many boxes showing up at people's doors. If you see vans in your neighborhood, specifically <laughs> on Amazon, and I know we all see them out there. I know we all see them. But at the end of the day, you know something's going on here that if you're continuing to see, they have specific vans that are dropping these off. They're not using FedEx, United States Postal Service. That should be an aha moment for you. Maybe us as Americans are abusing Amazon a little too much. My neighbors across the street, but I'm not naming names, okay? That's it. (laughs) Every day there's an Amazon fan there, I swear to God. All right. But now this is all coming back to another point of education, understanding what it is you should be doing. You may not want to do it, but why you should be doing it. And this number really blew my mind. Only 24% of millennials understand basic financial literacy. And I'll bet you it's not just millennials. Most Americans, don't understand the basics. What happened here? Yeah. Do we teach it in school is the question. No. And a lot of it is not taught in school. We Think about when we were in high school, grade school, did they teach you how to create a budget or balance a budget? I was blessed in the sixth grade. I have a, a social studies teacher and she shared with us checkbooks and how to balance the checkbook. I actually learned that in social studies, but I know a lot of people don't run across that. When I was in high school, there was none of this. There was none of this. So at the end of the day, it's where are we getting this education from? And as parents, it's going to be a great thing to teach your kids. And I'll give some stories. I have a son and a daughter, and many of our listeners know that. 
but I've been teaching them financial literacy from day one. And that's something as parents we need to realize, or even grandparents, think about this. This is what we should be teaching the generations. This is really what's not taught in school. So it's on us to be able to teach them. But my daughter is an example. She actually had a lemonade stand. Her and her friends, we, they posted it on Facebook, everything else. And her share of it was $85. And then wow. she had some money saved up along the way. Yeah, very successful lemonade yeah. stand. They were selling hot dogs and everything else. <laughs> Let me throw that out there. But it was a lot of the parents kicking in the money. Let's put that there too. But at the end of the day, it was, she had, it was like 250 bucks saved up. And I said to her, what do you want to do with this money? We can go to Target and we can go buy something or we can go to Walmart. You can get toys, but you have a lot of toys. I taught her about investing. I said, what store do you shop at a lot? She's like, Target. I was like, great. You can actually own a part of that company. So I sat there and I explained to her how stock actually works. And you're going to be able to participate and own the company. And I said, you know what, Athena, my daughter's name, I said to her, I go, if you buy, and it's about one share she could afford with 250 bucks. I said, if you buy one share, I'll match your share. I'll match your share as a father to teach you this. And I said, you will own part of that company. So when you walk in that store, how are you going to feel? And she instantly lit up. I wish I had her reaction recorded in front of my wife and I, but she lit up. She's like, I'm going to own a part of that company. I said, exactly what you're going to be able to do. And it's the purpose of investing that you don't cash this in until later down the line. Maybe you need a house or a car and it should be worth more money. So explaining to that to her, then I explained to my son, he didn't have as much money. He ended up buying Walmart because that's the one he went with. But it was a goodbye. <laughs> right, right. It was more the thought process of teaching them how to learn about money. I still do some of that eBay stuff that I, that I shared with you before. And I actually have my daughter packaging the things. I have her, if we're at a store, like, hey, buy this off the clearance aisle. We can sell it for 20 bucks. We pay three bucks for it. I'm teaching her how to also make money. So the moral of the story is I'm just giving you examples of what I do with my children. But whether you're a grandparent listening or you have neighbors that you work with, nieces and nephews, how are they going to learn these things? Well, we just learned 24% of millennials don't have this. And I bet you adults, a lot of us don't have it also. It's on us that have the financial literacy to extend the olive branch. Mm -hmm. Extend the olive branch to these individuals. That's so important. How can we give back to the world? What does Financial Awareness Day mean to you? Take it this way. You might be very well set on your way to retirement or in retirement. How can you pass this on Financial Awareness Day for you? should be passing on this education and this knowledge. You just mentioned retirement. So where do you recommend people start preparing for retirement? Yeah, I always tell the people that are in their 20s, that are saving already or want to have a phone conversation with myself, that they're way ahead of the game mm -hmm. and they're going to be having a very successful retirement. So I always tell people is, should you be talking, when should you talk to a financial advisor? That's a question we commonly get here. And what I share with people is in your 20s, in your 20s, so you can understand how compounding interest works. Understand how putting money into your 401k and getting that match from your employer is essentially free money. How can we take advantage of the things that are right in front of us? Because maybe you can save a, a hundred bucks a month into your 401k or a few hundred bucks in your early 20s. Well, guess what? If we wait till our 50s to save, you're going to have to save thousands of dollars to get that same result as if it was starting in your 20s. That is a huge, huge difference here. So we want to start as early as possible 
and just listening to a financial advisor or listening to a podcast like this one or other ones. So pass this on to your friends and the family. You know, if you have a 20 year old or a 30 year old in your family, pass this on, or even a 50 year old that you might not think there, send this <laughs> podcast. To them. It'll be great for them to listen. But talk to a financial advisor. It'd be great to start in your early 20s. And if you haven't yet, you're 30, 40 years old, hey, pick up the phone, find someone today that will talk to you for 30 minutes and just give you some advice and some thoughts. And even if you're in your 50s? Absolutely. Better late than never. All right. You know, okay, so you've got your financial advisor, or hopefully you've been asking around and looking. How often should you be looking at your retirement plan? Once you do it, set and done, is that it? Yeah. So I tell everyone at least annually, and I'm more referring to the people that are 20 to 50 years of age, just look at where you're at annually. Look at the progress, review these things. My wife and I sit down every January, beginning of a new year. We update our asset sheet. We update what we call a family estate organizer, which is a binder of all of our documents we have here at the JL Smith Group, and we, and we put together for all of our clients. But as you can imagine in my relationship, I handle all the finances for the most part. So it's good to keep my wife on board and let her knowing exactly what's going on. And also, I get to see the progress. How have these accounts grown? What's going on? Where can we do better at savings? What are our goals for this year or the following year? Doing those things are so crucial and so important. Now, when you get 50 plus, this is where you probably want to review it a little bit more. You know, 50 to 60 years of age, every six months is going to be great. And then 60 plus, we're closer to retirement. Mm -hmm. Making sure talking to your financial advisor twice a year is going to be very important. As you get closer and closer to that retirement, let's say I'm going to retire at 65, I'm 64, quarterly is going to be important. So when you're a year or two away from retirement quarterly, because there's things like healthcare, Medicare, social security, taxes, retirement distribution plan that you're going to want to time perfectly here and make sure all these things are coordinated. Brian, that's a lot of food for thought we just went through, but is there something we did not mention you want to make sure we do? No, I just want to make sure everybody has the peace of mind with Financial Awareness Day. And like I said, pay it forward. Pass on this knowledge to someone else so they can learn. All right, Brian, how can people reach you if they want to uh, ask some more questions? Absolutely. Go ahead and reach us here at the JL Smith Group, phone number 440-934-9181. We will be a sounding board for anyone that calls in. We will get on a 20 to 30 minute complimentary phone call where we could talk to you. We'll be a sounding board, bounce ideas off of you, uh, bounce ideas off of us. How can we be of a fit to you? And then go from there. Outstanding. All right, Brian Bibbo of JL Smith Group. To make sure you know when more episodes of Holistic Wealth and Health are ready for you, subscribe or follow this podcast. And of course, as Brian said, make sure to share it, especially with the younger folks. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to the Holistic Wealth and Health podcast. We hope we inspired you to make changes so you can live your best life. If you want to find out more about what we do, or if you want to have a holistic wealth and health financial plan, please call 440-934-9181. Please subscribe to the podcast and share it widely with your friends and family. Financial planning and investment advisory services offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. 
The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of J.L. Smith Group or Prosperity Capital Advisors. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial services providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.